Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church. We're very glad you're with us. As we continue on in a series we're doing called Vineyard Verses. Vineyard Verses, we're 10 weeks in. What my hope is in this series is to work together with you over passages of scriptures, and then we're going to break them down a verse at a time, and we'll go over them a verse a week, and I'm encouraging you to memorize them as we go. Because there's something so powerful about having a sort of some built-in scripture, if you would, that's available to you all the time and that you can call on in the midst of the things that you're going through in life, that the Holy Spirit can remind you of as you work through the day. And so one of the things that we can do is to memorize some of these passages of scripture. And if you break it down a verse at a time, a week at a time, it's actually very doable. And if you then kind of continue to go over them, they should stick with you. So we started this series looking at what I think is just a, a great foundational passage of Scripture found in Hebrews 10, 19 through 25 that, that reminds us of our access to God 24-7. It reminds us of His amazing grace. It reminds us of who Jesus is. It reminds us that we're people of purpose and that we have mission and, and um, that we're to be encouraging. And there's just a wealth of stuff in the whole thing. I think it sort of sets the tone for the day about giving us a throne room perspective on the things of life. And, and uh, so it's a powerful way to start the day, Hebrews 10, 19 through 25. If you didn't memorize it with us, go back when you get a chance and memorize it again. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, open for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, having our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And let us not give up meeting the other as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. And that passage of Scripture is just so powerful to have available and to, to think about each day and, and then throughout the day. So I'd encourage you to take that one in. We looked at it. We broke it down. We talked about all those things. Over the last couple of weeks, we started this next passage of Scripture, which is Philippians 4, 4 through 8. And, and uh, you know, that, that first passage just sort of reminds me of who God is and gets me, you know, my attention focused on Him and, and worshiping Him. And, and now this next chunk reminds me about living in his kingdom and, and living for him in the kingdom and what it looks like to, to have a kingdom life and the things that it really are, we should have a hold of in the process. And so we started looking in that in Philippians 4, we the Apostle Paul, you know, so far we've talked about rejoicing in the Lord uh, and how important that is. And then last week we talked about gentleness being evident to all, and we're going to pick up from there in, in a moment and start the, the next verse, verse 6, and we'll do that together here in just a moment. But that's the intro. Transition, always a bad joke or two. These are really bad, but I was traveling this week, so I didn't have much time. Why can't dinosaurs talk? Because they're extinct. I told you they were bad. <laughs> What did Batman say to Robin before he got in the car? Get in the car, Robin. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Thank you very much. 
And look at you go. Philippians 4, 4 through 8 is our scripture reading. I was traveling in my defense. I was flying back and forth to California. <laughs> rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Today, I want to really dig into verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. That, I believe, is one of the most profound scriptures. They're all profound. But, but on our daily life, in, a, in, a, in walking this thing out in Christ, that one just should be something that we're thinking about all the time because we, we live in um, what can be a very anxious and worried time and culture. And so, but this is an amazing promise that Paul gives us, and it, and it should really be impacting the way that we look at life. And so let's dig in to this verse together. Point number one in your notes is this, and it's important that you see this. Anything and everything. Paul gets both of those worked into that scripture. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything. So he's, he's making a point. These are, these are pretty explicit words. Anything really means anything, and everything means everything. And so he's covering his bases. He's saying with his whole process, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. And, and yet, I would say that, that many of us spend a lot of time being anxious about all sorts of things. Um, that that it, it's almost the opposite. We seem to, if we're not careful, we start to get anxious and worried about anything and everything. And yet we're not supposed to live that way. And, and that's what we need to talk about today. Now, <clears throat> in my, my prayer time in the mornings, one of the things that I try to pray for um, every day is that I pray that God would allow me and help me to see the traps and the tests and the temptations that come my way. And that, that he would also show me the way out because he promises to do that. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Paul says, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. You can endure it. And, and one of these traps, these tests, these temptations that the enemy likes to throw out, one of them is indeed worry and anxiety. And you think, it's a, it's a test? Okay, maybe I can see that. It's a trap? Okay, I can see that. How is it a temptation? It's a temptation because you're so used to worry and anxiety that when an opportunity comes, it's almost natural for you to move into it. And, and yet, it's not the way God would have you live, bound in worry and anxiety. It's actually a, it's a trick that the enemy seems to be very good at in putting us under 
because I would say most of the time people are dealing with a level of worry and anxiety about all sorts of things that they don't need to be dealing with. And so the Apostle Paul's encouragement to us in this area is, is you know, it's all-inclusive when it comes to anxiety and worry. He says, don't be anxious about anything but in everything, and yet we, we sort of go through it. And, and so, so here's, here's a test. Is what you're worried about or anxious about anything or everything? And if it's either one of those things, it falls into this category, what you shouldn't be doing. So he's basically saying there's, there's no really any major room in your life for anxiety it just or worry in, in the way it is supposed to happen there in our lives. And since it's a trap, and I, because it's not supposed to happen, it's definitely a trick. It's a trap from the enemy. It's a temptation. There's always a way out. The way out is in the second point. This is what Paul says we need to do instead. It talks about prayer and petition with thanksgiving. So, when you are anxious or worried and you begin to think of it as a trap or a test or a temptation because you realize that, that what you're worried about is it's anything or it's, it's everything, whatever it is, um, what you need to do is you need to pray and change your focus to what you're thankful for. Anxiety is a trick. And, and what it does is it changes our focus and it gets us onto things that um, we get anxious oftentimes about stuff, most of the time about stuff that's in the realm of possibilities we believe it but isn't actually even happening yet. Worry is exactly like that. Worry is taking us to places where, where we start to worry about possibilities of things. Does anybody ever, you get that? Some of us are really, some of you are like really good at worrying. You like, like, cause you you get something, you're doing okay, you know, and then then you wake up, <laughs> and all of a sudden, boom, if this is you, any, and then all of a sudden you start to think about all the possibilities of what might happen that day, and you start to worry about them. Not only do you worry about them, you plan for them in case they do happen, and you want to have three or four plans worked out in case any of these events actually does happen, which may not happen, probably won't happen, but by golly, if I'm ready for it, then I'm going to be better off. But now I've spent an amazing amount of emotional energy just thinking about things that haven't even happened. I'm exhausted, and I'm, I'm way more susceptible to the tests and the traps and all the stuff that the enemy wants to throw at me because I, I excel at worry, and it's a temptation because I'm good at it. And you, you, you may not even want to admit it, but a lot of you get something really good at worrying. It's one of my best things. And yet there's, it's not good. It's not, it's not what you're supposed to do. So, so it's a, we have to start to pray and change our focus. And what Paul says is, what you need to do when you get this thing, when that worry hits you, when that anxiety hits you, and it hits everybody in different ways. But you know, for me, I can, I can feel it inside me. It's a, it's a flip-flop. It's the only way I know how to do it. I'm okay, and then something flips inside me, and it's like inside me. It's, it's a soul thing. And now I'm not okay any longer. And I start over-processing. Well, what does it mean? What does it mean now? What does it mean to me? What do I do? What's the best, what are the best plans? And, and I missed a critical step on the journey. And, and uh, what he tells us, what Paul says is, listen, you need to learn to change your focus, start thinking about what you're thankful for, and then pray. First, the, First Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Be joyful always. Now, we got that from... Our verses earlier in this passage, right? Rejoice in the Lord always. Same deal. 
And we know what that means. Not fake, not pretend, but because he's with us. Pray continually. Something we should be shooting at. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, when I read that, I want to make sure you, you get where the comma is there. Um, it, that verse isn't saying that the, that the hard situation that you're going through is God's will for you. Don't get that. What's God's will for you is to be thankful in all situations because he knows that's where you're going to find life. That's what, that's what he wants you to do. That's, that's what he wants you to do. Situations, because people go, well, isn't everything God's will? Listen, no. If it were, uh, he wouldn't teach us to pray that his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. It would be an unnecessary prayer. It's not. It's a broken world. It's a fallen planet, and things happen all the time that are not the way they were designed to be. That everything was designed with, it was perfect and good. Evil didn't exist. Uh, you know, it, it, we invited it in, uh, in sin, and since then we deal with the fallout, and that's a hard deal, but, but it's there, and, and we, we have these things going on, and we have a very real enemy, and, and we, we sometimes go, well, where's God in all of this? And you need to know that he's started the process, you know, back right after the fall in Genesis 3.15, and he's already been to the cross and paid the price and done all that, and we're just waiting for him to return, and he'll set everything back again. But in the meantime, we, you know, we have access to him, and we're in him, and we walk with him, but the enemy's still at work until he comes back, and because of that, we have situations that are hard to deal with. They're difficult, and we don't like them. And then, you know, we... And then we start worrying about everything that might happen and anything that might happen. And we lose peace that we'll talk about next week and we can't find the life that we're called to. And so that's why we have to pray for his will to be done. And, 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 and that, that, that God's will for us ultimately is that we, we learn that we can trust him no matter what the circumstances are. Knowing that he's good. He's always good. And, and, and that he is for us. And he's with us. And he's already done. He's paid it at the cross so that we can have life with him forever. He's done all that. But still, while we, while we wait for him to show back, when he comes back, life can be extremely hard. It can be. But we can be at peace because he's with us and he's for us. And he's good. We can trust him. It's not a pass on hard stuff. It's a reality that, that, that he's with us and he's going to see us through all this, no matter what. And we begin to rest in that. And so we start to pray with thanksgiving and then present our request to God. And so we get our focus on, okay, God, this is... And you start thinking about what you're thankful for. There's always something to be thankful for. Always something. You know, even sometimes if you're really messed up, I get it. It can be so hard. Just be... You can just be thankful for your very next breath. And just think about it. That was a gift. It was given to you. And, and if you've got to go that far back, go there. But then you can start to think about things that you're thankful for. And, and as you begin to see his movement in your life, um, then, then we can begin to pray and we begin to present our requests to God. Um, see, here's, here's what we don't do that we should do is we tend to jump into worry and anxiety. And I've already said, some of you are really good at that, right? And yet what you should do is when you feel yourself going to worry and when you start planning out all of through the possibilities, what you need to do is catch yourself as quick as you can. And instead of doing that, here's the thing that you should do, Pray. It says present your request to God. Pretty, pretty good. He's saying, listen, instead of worrying about all that stuff, why don't you just bring it to God? He's way better at dealing with it than you are. Way better. And a lot of times, even if he doesn't deal with it the way you want, 
which is probably most of the time. He can still change you, which is what he usually does. And he gets you back into a spot where you don't need to be anxious and worried and wasting all that emotional energy and, and all that time thinking about things that may never happen and coming up with these plans about how you'd fix it. And what you need to do is this. So you begin to pray. We present a request to God because we have to, this is the third thing, you have to keep God in the equation. You know the problem with worry and anxiety is that it just completely eliminates God from having any sort of possible movement in your world. Because you, you don't even think about it. You just think about how you're going to fix it, what you're going to deal with it. What does this mean? I'm, I'm so smart, I'm going to figure it all out. And, and, and it just stresses us out. And, and, and we have this tendency to limit our thoughts to how we fix situations. And it's extremely limiting because you're just not all that good at it. You may have fixed a situation or two, but it probably wasn't you that did it anyway. You just stumbled into the right deal. It's always him. And yet we, we get this thing and, and we, we can't... See, the, we're just not very good at fixing broken things, especially in a big way. If it's a little simple thing, sure, but we just we can't fix it. And, and so that causes us to be anxious and worried. And, and we have a tendency to kind of come up with the only one real way that anything's going to work out. Oh, this is, this is how it's all going to work out. And we get limited and stuck in that. And, and we need to know that God's not limited to our one little way. He can do so many different things. And, and hopefully over time you've seen that, that often the way he moves into things is so different than what you expected. But you're on the other side of it and you go, well, that worked. I, didn't, I hadn't thought of that myself, but that worked. Because he's way better at it than us. He, he thinks he can do things we can't even think of. Ephesians 3.20, it says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power, that is at work within us. You, he's able to do immeasurably more. You can't even measure how much more he can do than you can ask or imagine. So he's able to do more than you can even imagine. Think about it. Immeasurably more than you can imagine. And yet we limit God all the time, the way that we fix it, with our little worries about things that, that most likely never happen. Obviously, I have that stat that I read somewhere. And I know I've shared it with you. And I, then I always share this too, that you know, 82% of stats are made up on the, right on the moment spot by who's ever speaking. 90% of people, things that people worry about never happen. So that's the stat. So 90% of the stuff that you spend all your time on never happens. Real worries will go, see, 10%. I knew it. i say I was right. No. It's a waste of time. Pray. He's, he's able to do immeasurably more than you can ask or imagine. Always keep God in the equation. So, so Paul says, listen, don't be anxious about anything or everything. But, but by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, keep God in the equation by presenting your request to him. Because he's able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or imagine. See, that's the heart of God for you. That's how he wants us to live this thing out. Paul's already said, listen, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. He wanted to make the point. That you've got him, that, that he's in you, you're with him, he's got you, and that you just get that settled in there, and then you, know, you start to allow that to work on you, so your gentleness, because it should make you gentle instead of the edgy thing that everybody else has, that should become evident to all, and then he says, okay, now great, now you got that going, now don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And it brings peace. We'll talk about that next week. But we got to start with that. You know, I know you guys 
believe this, what I'm about to say, but I want you to focus on it this week. I want to encourage you to live this week as though God is real and that you matter to him, that he exists and that you matter to him and that, that he really exists. I mean, actively involved in your life and that you, you matter to him. God cares about you. God doesn't want you to be anxious and worried and stressed out. He doesn't want you to live that way. He wants you to live trusting him. It changes life and it, and it frees you up. And he says, listen, when those stuffs come on you, I get it. So you get, you, you see these things and they don't, oh, this, is, this isn't, you take that and you say, but God, I'm going to, I just want to lift it up to you rather than worry it and worry it and worry it and get anxious over it and let it ruin my, I'm just going to, just going to settle in you, God, and I'm going to give it to you because I know I can trust you because you've proven it over time. You're always faithful. I don't like some of the circumstances. I don't like some of the things I've had to go through. I don't like the tragedies that I've, I've endured. And yet I know that you're good and that you've got me forever and that you've already done everything needed to be done at the cross. And I'm just waiting. So God, in the midst of this wait, help me to redeem this time by living for you and making a difference in other people's lives that I might experience you more and in the ways you've called me to. Live knowing he's real and that you matter to him, and that he, he's intimately involved in your life. Live that way. And when that anxiety comes on you, when that worry comes on you, just stop, pray. Think about what you're thankful for. That'll change your course. And then start to pray about everything that is trying to get at you to give it to him and trust and let him have it there. And, and it will free up time for you because it takes less time to pray than it does to worry. I just... He says pray continually. We should get to that spot, but, but you need to know that if you've got time to worry, you've got time to pray. Just swap them out. Much better exchange. Amen? Amen. All right, uh, if you're watching my video, thank you so much. We appreciate you doing that. And uh, if you need prayer, go to our webpage, and there's a prayer spot. and Put your prayer in there, and we will, we will absolutely pray for you. Okay? And love for you to come and see us when you can. Thanks for watching. God bless you.